tis the season for 24-hour Christmas music stations. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast, where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, we're going to be talking about, well, will weather ruin Christmas? Before we get there, hope you're doing well. Hope your weather week has gone well, or your weather, whatever it is, since the last time you listened to the episode. I know some people binge listen, so maybe the last time you listened is in summer, and it's all changed up. But in any case, I hope it's been more good than bad. want to take a moment to thank my favorite Snoopy-loving friend on Twitter, for indeed following up with me last weekend saying that that episode had been missing from her Apple feed. And as I mentioned to her in a follow-up, I think we found the problem. The Apple engineer dug a little deeper and found an extra space. Uh, this is always the hard thing with coding, right? You would have thought by now it wouldn't matter as much. But it was a space inside a quotation. So it, I understood why it may have triggered it. It triggered it again, just in their feed should be fixed now. So all of you who have Apple, you may have to refresh something if you use uh, the standard Apple feed or their, their podcast app, but it does seem to be resolved now. And well, hopefully that'll be it. Don't think there were any other issues. Like I said, that, that was just kind of a one-off and a, a bit unusual, but given that a lot of people use Apple devices, it was meaningful. So you might have missed an episode. When you're binge listening next time, maybe you should go back and catch that episode if you listened in between. All right. Bill little frosty here. Thankful for that. It's a season where, you know, I, I like a nice blanket. Right? I like getting under a blanket and staying warm and all that kind of stuff. And we've got the weather for it. Frost tonight, maybe? And that made me kind of think about this topic. You know, we're getting to that holiday season. And it was really kind of cold. No snow yet, though. I wanted to... I, I am going to ask input for one thing from you guys this week. So I came across one other thing that, again, not necessarily weather-related, but has to do with content. So during this past couple of years, there's been a lot of new people trying to generate content, new, a lot of new ideas. For instance, there's somebody I listened to quite a bit who did a new show about working from home and they called it work in sanity, a good kind of punny name. But their idea was these were people that already had been doing it long before the pandemic. And they were trying to offer some advice and some, some inputs about how to, you know, work-life balance, all the things that go along with when you work from home. And I have for many years. I mean, my work has been predominantly from a home location or a remote location since 2007-ish. So for a very long time, actually, that I've been working primarily in what I would say is a, is a single office setting. Now, sometimes it was technically it, you know, at moments in an office like environment, but for the most part, it's been me, right? Other than some meetings or some get togethers, those sort of things. So I'm kind of used to that, but I know there are a lot of people that are been dealing with that. So that podcast made a lot of sense, but I, I read this article that talked about creators struggling with the stress and everything that goes with it, because maybe they came up with something catchy. And I think it happens all the time. You know, you, you, you see this when someone goes on TikTok or whatever it is to whatever the newest app is. And they, all of a sudden they get a lot of publicity around a event, right? 
Sometimes that event was not as spontaneous as it might be presented, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you do have the luck of spontaneity. But whatever it is, they, they see an opportunity to try to monetize that or make revenue out of it. It makes a lot of sense, and maybe they've always wanted to, so they give it a go. But what they find out over time is continuing to create content becomes challenging and difficult. And I had this conversation with a good friend of mine recently about you know, them appreciating the, the difficulty in creating content even for something that isn't very long. And this is somebody who's, you know, likes to do public speaking, but they, they kind of know that even to give like a 15 minute presentation, how much effort to do a decent one goes into the backside of it. Right. And I I think it's true for a lot of things that we do. And I also think that there are what another thing, and this really gets to my question that there are a variety of ways that we've seen to try to reward people that create content. Now, you guys know I use Patreon. Don't, you know, make a living off of that, but that's not been my goal. But there are a lot of people that do. Patreon is their source, and there have been other things over the years. You can do PayPal, and I've done PayPal for a few people and can always do that. But I've seen this new thing, tip jars, and I noticed that Twitter actually is putting it in their feed on on the Apple devices. They're rolling it out or have been rolling it out. But I got an email this week from one that's focused on podcasts, and it's somebody that basically is a podcast app, and they, they're, they're trying to encourage you to use their service. And they've added this feature, again, maybe not on all their platforms, but let's just say it's on an Apple device. My, my, what I'm curious about is anybody tried these tip jar things because a couple of providers in different forms have done it and and they are, they're trying to give people a way to monetize and I get the gist of it, but it still means me as an individual. If I, you know, if I'm not the, if I step back and say, I'm the user of the content versus the creator of the content, I've got to have an account linked to Twitter or whatever this podcast app was and then give money to these other people and what cut do they actually get and all that stuff. Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought, what are you a creator and you already use it? That'd be great to know. But more importantly, because I'm really focused on my listeners here, is as a listener, have you ever done that? And Twitch is another example. If you're a Prime member, it's easy to do. You can give some bits on Twitch and, and it, it again, it's little, it's micro transactions, or you can actually pay to subscribe. And I think it's just like Patreon or anything else. If you get into an ecosystem, you kind of use it a lot, but I am curious if anybody's gone this tip jar route or, you know, even, even in Twitch, if you've gone that route and you do it on a regular basis, not just, you know, with one provider, but multiple providers, let me know what is about the weather at gmail.com. Of course, you can find me on Twitter. I don't have a twip jar, twi- a tip jar on Twitter. Maybe I should set one up. Maybe that's a thought. I don't know. Mark underscore Jelinek, or of course, the podcast as well. What is about the weather? All right. Let's get into the main topic for this week. Is weather going to get in the way of your holiday season? And it's important, right? For a lot of people last year, it still wasn't a normal holiday. Some people got together, but with there being an uptick in COVID cases at the time, a lot of people still said, no, it doesn't make sense yet. Vaccines still aren't out yet. We're going to hold off. And so it's now been a couple of years, and that's a long time in the human scheme of things, right? A lot of time away from family and friends, near and far. And we keep hearing about some things that are related to that. One of them has been this global supply chain. And we're going to talk about it and the role weather plays in that. And we're going to talk about another one that I actually think is more important 
when it comes to the potential for weather to have a direct impact. But let's talk about global su- supply chain because it's it's a buzz right now, right? You, you'll find headlines. I am going to put some links in the show notes. So if you know if you go in and you look at that, there are a couple good articles. I saw that one that the Washington Post did that was a nice overview of kind of the whole process and what's causing some of the challenges now. You know, because when you think about the era in which we live, it's not as simple as just a truck going from point A to point B. Back when I was an undergrad, I was looking at the class I took because there was a concept that was introduced that's relevant here. So some 30 plus odd years ago, I took a class called Production Management. No, it's called Production and Operation Management. I forget exact what the exact title was. And the world has moved on significantly since then. But one of the items that was a real hot button at the time and was a fairly young concept at the time was what's called just-in-time manufacturing. And it used to be what would happen is people would build a lot of stuff. Somebody else would inventory a lot of stuff, right? So stores had a lot of stock in the back room. And and that's just the way it worked. But just-in-time manufacturing kind of went not just in the manufacturing process, but the whole delivery process and how much goods we store versus how much are made as we need them, which makes, in theory, a lot of sense. But just-in-time manufacturing basically means if you need a widget or a cog to build your tent poles, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's say you, you just need a little device. You're into your bigger device. And chips is a big one that you are hearing about right now. You know, everything has chips in it now. So all sorts of microchips. The fundamental idea would be, you say I need an order of 1,000, but really you need 1,000 over the course of 10 weeks because you need 100 a week. Well, I'm going to deliver you 100 a week because it makes it easier for me to, to match up to multiple clients. And it's a way to create efficiencies because you can better manage all of your your own supply chain, right? What you need to make the chips, what you need to do in terms of shipping and your processes as well. But... It got away from buying in bulk for a lot of items, and it was buying. So that way you didn't have to warehouse it either because that saved you money because if you're making something, you don't want to have to have a big warehouse of parts if you don't have to. All right, so we, we developed this whole idea of get it as you need it, right? And a lot of us like to live that way. You don't want to necessarily store a bunch of stuff in your house. And I had to even think about it where I am now. I'm in a a space that's smaller than some of the places I've lived in the past where I used to be able to, you know, if I wanted to go to Costco and buy a lifetime supply thing, I could, right? Leave it in the basement. Can't do that anymore. So we all think about it different ways. It's not always just in time manufacturing, but it's just in time, right? In, in terms of overall. But we saw with COVID that that kind of got turned on its head because what we really have is that works well when there's not some major monkey wrench thrown into the process, if you will. Okay. So what COVID did is it turned things on its head from a couple of different ways. First, it was a disruptor in the creation of things because things had to shut down to varying degrees, depending on where you were, where around the globe you were, and, you know, of course, where your goods come from accordingly. But it also changed priorities, right? So we not only had to say, okay, things for in the short term are going to be off the rails a little bit, but when we come back, I now want you to make a bunch of wipes and a bunch of masks and a bunch of whatever it is, as opposed to making televisions or Tonka toys or, or whatever it might be. Okay. 
So here we are. We're now trying to get back to some normalcy. More and more things are open more regularly. More things are operating as we would expect and like they maybe did before. And of course, there's going to be ramifications in, in different avenues. But the challenge we have is because it was a major disruption, because it was a major alteration, that all these things that are geared towards efficiency within a certain behavior that can grow and shrink a little bit here and there, but it's not designed for astronomical changes, generally speaking. And this is true of just about any part of the process, okay? And some of those things, weather is going to have less of a connection to. But we've talked before about how weather and transportation, it kind of goes hand in hand. And that can be, you know, whether it's ship or train or truck, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you can think about any of them, whether it's, uh, let's talk about, you know, the shipping part of that. Because you've heard a lot of stories about port congestion, those sort of things. And I even came across some articles where it was talking about a typhoon that hit uh, China, I think was near a port in Shanghai, that had, the typhoon was around the area for a couple of days, and certainly that's going to have consequences. But because of the current nature of things, it, it created a rippling effect over a couple of weeks. But they even called it a rippling effect. It wasn't, or, you know, it's kind of like throwing a pebble into the pond or the rock in the pond, right? At first, it's a bigger wave, and then it kind of works itself out. But the challenge is that's happening within this larger backlog of things that's going on. So let's say that you've had a backlog in the ports, and all of a sudden a typhoon shows up. And you've got a bunch of ships there that can't necessarily be there, so they might have to relocate temporarily. It's, it, it's again, just not as simple as, oh, weather came through and shut down the, the offloading of ships for a couple of days. And sometimes it is that just that simple. But every time you look at it, whether, again, whether it's, you know, frozen roads in the wintertime, and that's one of the problems we're running into now is all these things are changing, right? So we're trying to ship things and things that, you know, when you don't, when you think about things you buy for Christmas, a lot of times those things are, were built in the summertime and they're shipped and arrive in the U S if they're coming from global locations long before the season. And that's why I think a lot of people are thinking, and I don't know if it's just the people trying to get you to buy to make sure they have a good Christmas sell season that if just the best way I know to think about it though, is if you're trying to buy something and it's not in stock, yeah, there's a chance that there's a ship still coming that it'll get there, but there's also a good chance that if it's already not in the U.S. that you may not see it in time for Christmas for a lot of these things. And those could be impacted by weather because we get different weather patterns, not surprisingly, during the wintertime. We have different challenges that come up with frozen roads versus temporarily wet roads. They both can cause outages, but you know, you think about a plane as an example. It has different challenges trying to get in and out of a frozen environment versus temporarily being shut down from you know, some thunderstorms coming through, whatever it is. And I even read an article about how ports could utilize weather forecasts better. And I saw a product that was offered, so both of those links will be in the show notes as well, by one of these new CubeSat companies that we've talked about before to help ports because the, the resolution that we can see weather with, the resolution that we can project that onto around these ports. And, and this paper looked at specifically about winds and waves. So it wasn't even about extreme weather. It was just about everyday weather and planning around that and how port efficiency could change. But again, it's smaller numbers. It's smaller numbers in a bigger game, right? 
And right now, that global supply chain is dealing with some issues that are well beyond the scope. And we, we call this an order of magnitude problem. So sometimes weather can be the first order of magnitude problem. But right now, I think it's stuck in other things right? Because all of these capacities are designed around a certain limit, a certain maximum. And so we're dealing with a couple of things. One is we're reaching the peaks on many of those things where even if you offload, you can offload more ships because there's been a lot of talk about that. You can't necessarily move the containers very quickly, right? And this is it's a capacity problem, but it's also like a worker problem. And that's because of both vaccinations and what's going on there, but also because you've got a situation where workers are saying, you know, I've moved on to other things or that kind of work is not what I want to do anymore. I found a better opportunity, whatever it might be. Right. So the, that backlog is going to take a while to resolve. And you've heard people talking about well into next year sometime, and that's probably true. And is weather going to play a role in that? Yes. But is weather the reason that something that you're expecting to arrive is not going to arrive? Well, if it misses by a couple of days, maybe. But likelihood is that's not the primary reason, right? In my, again, this is my opinion, looking at it, it'll play a role. It always plays a role, but the role quite often is in efficiency more than it is in disruption. Okay. Extreme events cause temporary disruption, but I don't think that's the primary thing at play here. However, what I would tell you, so again, back to that same thing, buy now, make sure it's in stock, get it delivered. Yes, you don't have room to store that any more than you do a lifetime supply of anything from Costco, but figure out a way, right? I think the bigger play is more likely with travel, and I'll tell you why that is. Mentioned already, we have this desire to get together and more people are going to be doing it. And just like supply chain, all right, which is heavily dependent on the transportation sector, we've already seen some cases where airlines have had to cancel extraordinary amounts of flights. And this is not uncommon. This happens maybe more than you think. It's just, it's big in the news right now where it's cascading. And it often happens when a major airline, it doesn't matter which one, you can pick any of them, but they all tend to work out of major hub locations. And, and this is true of transportation in general. Still, we're, we're built around kind of a hub and spoke framework. Trains do the same thing. Roads and interstate systems often do the same thing. But with airplanes, if you have a thousand flights canceled, it's a big deal. And I mentioned before that airplanes and air travel, which is how most of us still go from point A to point B when we're traveling in holiday season, not everybody. During the winter time, it's not just about the weather of, oh, a snowstorm's coming through. You also have additional steps in the preparation process if you're going to places where freezing can happen with de-icing of planes. All right. So there are additional aspects that go into the potential of a backlog problem. And there are certain airports, you know, I'll pick one out west in San Francisco, not a snow thing. And they deal with fog all the time and they know their foggy season when it's going to happen. Thankfully, I don't think Christmas is a primary one, but there's a much broader network that deals with the potential for de-icing. And Denver, 
you know, Colorado is an example. And so if you're flying, if you're flying through Denver to go somewhere else, you've not only got to deal with the fact that you've got to get to Denver. Let's say you're going from California to Denver to, I don't know, Atlanta, Georgia. For whatever reason, you made a connecting flight instead of direct flight. Maybe you just didn't have that option. You've got to think about the process of it's not just the weather that might be wonderful or maybe cold and rainy on the West Coast to not so cold in, in Atlanta. But you've got to go through this location where you have potential for additional weather risk. And it's not just active weather. It could be because there's a de-icing need, whatever it might be. So there are these additional challenges that work its way in the system. Now, because of other things, because of COVID and worker changes, and I've heard about the delays with TSA and everything else, people may make choices and say, okay, I, you know, I've got to plan more time. Maybe that cuts down how much time you're going to go from point A to point B. But all these things come into play, as well as even people that are driving. The reason weather has a major impact this time of year is if you get a good snowstorm, and I don't care whether it's at Thanksgiving or Christmas, or you get weather that, that causes delays, you only have a limited window of opportunity, right? So if you miss a day or two because of thousands of flight being canceled, you're going to miss out on opportunity. We're already pretty amped up because we haven't been, we've been in this COVID phase and you, you see the reports about people kind of not being real happy on planes, but add into that mix this weather thing. And I do think there's a bigger, bigger potential for weather to ruin your travel plans than there is when it, with respect to getting your gifts on time, if you will. But in either case, it can come into play. And as I would tell you, just like I would say order now, maybe think about if you're planning to travel this holiday season, giving there some buffer time if you can, so that if you run into some weather, and it, if, it, let's say, it's snow, you can just look at it and say, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And always remember, there's much more to weather than the weather itself.